0: This is 680 CJOB. It's a main ingredient here on 680 CJOB, and if you like barbecue, the second half of the show, I'm talking to Robert Turner, who is the owner of Big Smoke Barbecue. But up first is Leanne Funk of the Winnipeg Supper Club to talk about what they're up to, but most of all to talk about a special fundraising dinner they have coming up to raise funds for Brittany Lundberg on July 18th, which features 10 to 15 great local chefs at Sydney's restaurant at the Forks. Leanne Funk, welcome to The Main Ingredients. So let's talk about the Winnipeg Supper Club, and maybe you can tell people what it is.
1: Well, what it is, I don't really know what to say about that, but how it started was back in 2013, there was a group of just friends. Nobody was a professional chef or a sommelier or an event planner, and um, we just kind of decided to throw a dinner event. There was a bunch of people who liked cooking and... I guess it had just kind of started around here. There was a group called Table Mannered or Manners. They had done a couple and a group of about eight of us got together and we came up with a name. A friend made us a logo. Boom, we were on social media. We got a spot. The first one we did was in Knox United Church, put tickets up for sale and people just bought them like. They'd never heard of us, and strangers just sent me money to come to this event.
0: Okay, so how did you advertise these dinners? How did people know that these dinners were taking place?
1: Uh, just on Twitter, Instagram, and I. It, we used to be on Facebook, but not anymore.
0: Okay, so when you were advertising this dinner, what did you advertise it as?
1: A dinner, well, we didn't, The part of the novelty was a secret location. So people knew they were coming to eat and have some beverages, but they didn't know where they were going until about six hours before.
0: Okay, so how many tickets did you sell for the first one?
1: The first one was... 30 or 40, I want to say 30.
0: So 30 or 40 people purchased tickets to something that they didn't know what it was and didn't know who was putting it on.
1: Well, we did have a few, quite a few familiar faces, but I would say half of them were people we didn't actually know.
0: Okay, so I'm assuming that um, everyone involved either worked in a restaurant, were chefs in a restaurant, or had some sort of restaurant or culinary background, right?
1: Not even. a yeah. couple. Uh, the main guy who did the food works in the movies, Uh, There was a teacher, a couple of teachers.
0: And what would possess them to do that?
1: Just the love of food.
0: Okay, so you do the first event. Seems to go pretty well. Right away, do you think I want to do another one?
1: After the first one, um, I realized this could probably turn into something. So due to other people's schedules, they couldn't commit to doing another one. So, um, How many
0: people were involved in organizing the first event?
1: uh, There was probably a total of... With wine people, six to eight people. I don't remember. It feels like it was a lifetime ago. And a lot of friends volunteered to help. Like there was a lot of uh, volunteer help to pull this one off. So then the second one, I remember on Twitter, there was this guy named Kevin, Kevin Bailey. His name just kept appearing and he was always talking about food. So I assumed he was a chef and he was following the Winnipeg Supper Club. So I just reached out and said, asked him if he wanted to meet up. So we met up at seven and a quarter, Bistro seven and a quarter at the time. Turns out he wasn't a chef, but he's very involved in the food world, and he introduced me to Alex, and Alex thought it seemed like a pretty cool idea, so he was kind of my first real chef to take on one of these projects, and we did it at Martha Street Studio. So it was another one. It was a secret location. Nobody knew where they were going until about six hours before. A lot of people knew Alex's name because seven and a quarter... Was pretty busy back in the day. and
0: So Alex was the chef there?
1: He was the chef, yeah.
0: So how did that dinner turn out?
1: That one, it sold out in no time and it was great. And we took, um, I don't know, have you been to Martha Street Studio? No, I haven't. It's, um, it's an art gallery. It's prints. It's uh, silk screening, I want to say. It's all kinds. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful space. So they let us use uh, their space for a donation to the studio. And we sat 40 people for dinner. Yeah, hauled tables, chairs, dishes, lots of hauling. And they he, or Alex did a five course meal with, uh, there, was the, there was power and water, there was no stove, there was a fridge, and he basically had a blowtorch.
0: You're joking. So the guy has no power, uses a blowtorch to cook food, and, and did everybody like it?
1: Yeah, oh, it was a great night. It was a beautiful space, great food, wine, it was great.
0: If you're just tuning in, this is a main ingredient, and my guest today is Leanne Funk, one of the founders of the Winnipeg Supper Club, talking about how it got started and about a fundraising dinner they have coming up on July 18th at Sydney's at the Forks. Okay, so how nerve-wracking was it to do this the first time? It must have been really, really nerve-wracking.
1: Incredibly. I was a nervous wreck the entire day before. Yeah, doing a couple of shots of bourbon in the back. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: You, you are far too honest.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty honest. I'm pretty well known for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then it kind of, what was the next one? And then I worked with Ben Kramer a couple of times, you know, and he's laid so laid back, back, back. He makes everything so easy. Yeah. He When I make a mistake, he's always already got it fixed before. Um, and then it just kind of spiraled into some smaller ones. And
0: Okay, so you do a couple of dinners, you get the kinks worked out. What were you thinking then? Like... What did you want the Winnipeg Supper Club to be and what exactly is it now?
1: Well, after the second one, I realized I didn't want to do, didn't want to continue with the location ones because there's too much hauling and the overhead gets to be a bit much. And at some point, you would like to start making a tiny profit. Profit in food is hard enough. But um, so after the second one, I moved into a massive old character suite apartment and particularly for this reason. And we started doing the Sunday night supper club is what it was called. So it was dinners on Sunday. It was 12 to 16 people. Um, Chefs would prepare at their restaurant, bring the food, and there would be 16 strangers that would come into my home, eat a five to eight-course meal, uh, get to meet the chef, which a lot of people really enjoy doing. And those have been the primary focus. A couple of them have grown a little bit too big based on the name. Um, Whenever you throw Segovia in there, you know, the tickets go like that. So we took one to King and Banatine, you know, because they're incredibly generous and wonderful people, and they're like, "Here, just use our space." I haven't done one of those in a couple of months now. There was a couple of fundraisers along the way. I did one in Winkler. Uh, we did one here with Winnipeg Harvest. So what the actual direction from here is, I'm not exactly sure.
0: Back after the break to talk more about the Winnipeg Supper Club with Leanne Funk and get details about the upcoming fundraising dinner for Brittany Loonberg at Sydney's at the Forks. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient here on 680 CJOB. The Winnipeg Supper Club is raising funds for Brittany Loonberg on July 18th with a dinner prepared by many great local chefs. Leanne Funk is here to explain why. Let's talk about the details of your upcoming fundraising dinner at Sydney's at the Forks and who you are raising funds for.
1: A couple of weeks ago in the exchange, a woman by the name of Brittany Lundberg, who is very, very well loved in the industry. She's been at, I don't know, for about 10 years. Uh, She used to work at Peasant while I worked at the King's Head and they would come to the King's Head for drinks, or we would go to Peasant maybe on our breaks sometimes. And (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Jay. (laughs) Um, So we got to know each other, and then um, as the supper club events started happening, becoming a bit bigger, I would sometimes need some help. So even if it was last minute or volunteer, Brittany was kind of my go-to. She was always there to help out for the Winnipeg Harvest Dinner. I don't know how much people know about her, but she's in school full-time. She works. I believe she's studying science to become a brain surgeon. That is the ultimate goal. Um, But she always manages to make time. Um, I know she's been volunteering at Winnipeg Harvest for for quite a few years. So anyway, we heard the news about what's happened to her. She was in the exchange a couple weeks ago, just on a Saturday afternoon. Her and her boyfriend, Mike, were going for dim sum. She got out of the car. The exact details, I don't know, but somebody came along and basically sucker punched her in the face. So, you know, rather than just bruising and having a black eye for a while, it's actually done quite a bit of damage, and whether or not her vision actually ever returns is unknown. Wow. So she can't work, and as you well know, those of us who work in this industry have no fallback. You have no insurance. If you're sick, you know, you're just you're out of luck, hopefully...
0: Okay, so this dinner is to raise money for her?
1: Yeah, so it's become a little bit bigger than probably we had anticipated. So it's definitely, Brittany is our primary focus in this dinner, Mm -hmm. um, to help her out through the next couple months, whatever she needs, um, just so she can focus on healing, because this money stress just makes everything worse. Yeah, and I don't even know what her situation is, but that doesn't even matter. That's not why we're doing it. Um, So now we've got 14 or 15 of Winnipeg's Best chefs collaborating on a dinner. We're hoping to sell 80 seats. There's only about 25 left, so I don't see that being a problem. Sydney's has donated the entire space for all day, all night. they have literally shutting down for us, no charge. Um, Brittany works at Sioux Soul, which is in the Sydney... I don't know what the overall group's name is, but they own, I believe, Prairie 360, Sydney's, Sioux Soul. Uh, so she is in their family. And um, we're going to serve people a lot of food and we've had wine donated, silent auction prizes. Like every time I check my email, somebody is offering something for a silent auction or for the dinner. And I think it's also, Brittany started this, but I think most people who work in uh, the food industry, whether it's somebody who's at one of the new breweries, we've all felt that moment of waking up and you're like, oh no, I have the flu. I can't work for a week. And you go into kind of panic mode because there's no sick pay. Um, So I think... That's really what has um, got people on board as well, is just we've all felt that fear of the unknown, so it's twofold.
0: Usually when an incident like this takes place, uh, the person involved or being attacked would think I'm never going back to that area again, but um, I hear she's not really looking at it that way.
1: No, she doesn't feel that way at all. She um, She's expressed a lot of grace towards the person who who did attack her. I don't think that they have found this person, but she did mention, you know, overhearing him babbling some words, and so she knows he's not well. And I think we all know in Winnipeg the resources are stretched to the max. Mm -hmm. So she's very compassionate and forgiving. And I I don't imagine, I can't speak for her, but I can't imagine this has changed her view on that area or the city of Winnipeg. It's just wrong place, wrong time.
0: If you're just tuning in, this is The Main Ingredient, and my guest today is Leanne Funk, one of the founders of the Winnipeg Supper Club, talking about how it got started and about a fundraising dinner they have coming up on July 18th at Sydney's at the Forks. Let's talk about the dinner itself. You have a whack load of chefs participating, like 10 or 12?
1: I th- I, I think we're up to 15. Crazy. And some of them are just coming in to be helpers. I'm sure somebody's going to be washing dishes. Um, Mike Robbins is organizing and taking care of, you know all the details the day of and leading up to it. So we've got for sure 10 chefs collaborating on five courses. Mm-hmm. There will be different dishes going out per course. What they're making, I have no idea. I know we've had you know some donations for entire proteins for a course. Mm-hmm. I don't worry too much about the food cuz I leave that with the pros and often I don't see menus till the day of. I don't I always trust them.
0: That's because you always get the guys that know what they're doing. So this is a sit-down dinner, right? Like it's not a food tasting with a bunch of chefs um, preparing small dishes. This is an actual sit-down dinner.
1: Yep. With wine, we're not doing wine pairings, but um, there'll be wine and beverages to be purchased. Uh, it's $50 per head minimum donation. And we wanted to price it at that so that, you know, some of the younger people in the industry can come.
0: So maybe you can tell people how they can uh, purchase tickets or get a hold of you, or if they want to make a straight donation, maybe you can tell them that.
1: We're taking reservations only, um, and we're asking that all reservations be honored and the email address is, it's very original dinner at Sydney's at outlook.com. It's all over social media. Um, we're asking that people not call Sydney's directly. Um, they're offering us a space, but they're, I'm managing the reservations.
0: Okay. So I'm sure many people that have attended the Winnipeg supper club events or just listening now, or wondering what is next for the Winnipeg Supper Club? What's coming up next for you?
1: What's next? Um, you know what, I actually, I really don't have too many plans past this dinner. I was going to take a couple more months off back in March after the two um, fundraising dinners. Mm-hmm. It was volunteer, it was a bit much between, and I work full-time as well. It's busy, and I'm actually, I'm not that great with emails, so many emails. So we did one for Winnipeg Harvest, did one in Winkler, and then I decided to take time off until the end of summer. And then this happened. So I don't know, maybe we'll rooftop dinners in August seem to be pretty popular, I'm scouting out roofs, no guarantee. We'll see what happens.
0: You know you're gonna end up doing another one, right? Well,
1: I know, every time, it's I always say no more after, honestly, after a lot of them, I've just been like, no more, no more. And no. then there's always another.
0: You know, I think something's gonna happen and you are gonna end up doing this full time. It's
1: It's sometimes when the younger chefs approach me, And just want to talk about it and they want to do something and I just I don't know how to say no it's their their passion is so endearing and wonderful and they're so creative and to give them that chance to you know show their stuff it's pretty cool to be a part of
0: Leanne thanks for coming in I'm sure that your events inspire a lot of chefs thank you sports news and weather up next and then the main ingredient will return with Robert Turner from Big Smoke Barbecue here on 680 CJOB Welcome back to The Main Ingredient on 680 CJOB. Robert Turner is a man who loves to barbecue. He loves it so much, he competes in barbecue competitions all around North America, and owns a popular catering company called Big Smoke Barbecue. I caught up with him recently to talk about it. Okay, first, let's let uh, let's talk about uh, you and your family, Robert, and how you got into, as you call it, smoking Q. I love that term, by the way.
2: Uh, well, we got in, uh, we just picked it up as a hobby, and uh, just dabbled it in, into the backyard, and. I uh, bought a first Weber kettle and, uh, I, I went and bought a couple of Boston butt, bone in Boston butt and invited some friends over and prayed to God it turned out good. And, <laughs> and, you know, friends of mine, they just, they said it was the best pork that they've ever had. So since then we've never looked back.
0: So you were hooked from that minute. Yeah. All right. So it's your whole family that's involved. Your, your, your wife is involved also, Bridget.
2: Yeah. My wife, Bridget, my son, Nicholas, uh, uh yeah, it's just a big family affair. It's just traveling and we, we, we go to comp to comp and and uh you know my son's learning how to cook this year and
0: how old is and,
2: he? Uh, it's uh yeah, it's good. My wife cooks uh out of the vending trailer, so she's probably uh probably one of the best barbecue cooks females in, in Manitoba also like she, she can put out some pretty good barbecue.
0: That's awesome. How old is your son?
2: Uh my son's sixteen.
0: Wow. Okay. So, what made you want to compete? So, you have your friends over, barbecue goes well. You're kind of hooked. What What made you want to take the plunge and actually compete?
2: I was pushed into it from a, a, a friend of mine out, out in Alberta, uh, another another competition barbecue guy.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, he he's just you know he kind of kind of taught me over the phone uh, through internet. Uh, you know, get me on a right track and and uh, Niverville three years ago was our first competition and then he pushed me to enter it and he said I was ready and and uh we went there with uh the night before I went down to the U.S. I bought a I bought a barbecue that I needed and and we uh we went there set up and you know we just did what we did and, you know well, what I did in the backyard I did there and the, and the judges loved it it was uh we got our first four calls in barbecue in all four categories and uh, grand champion overall. So ever since then, that's, uh, you know, we just
0: Hang on, we you, set you, the, you're bar the so high. You're the grand champion of the first barbecue competition you entered.
2: Of the first barbecue competition I entered, I got second in chicken, uh, third in ribs, third in pork, or first in pork, sorry, and uh, uh, third in brisket. So...
0: Wow, so that must have fueled the fire right there. First of all, you have your friends over, things go well, everybody loves it, you go into a competition, and it just kind of adds to it, right? So you must have been really hooked then.
2: Oh, I I just, yeah, like, you know, I was just like, wow, like, we weren't even going to enter because, uh, we, we, you know, it, we, it was a tough time in our life, and mm-hmm. uh, we we weren't even, like, financially, we were like, hey, how do we do this? So, uh, you know, we, we, we put, put it together, and uh, we entered, and... Uh, like I said, grand champion. My wife had tears in her eyes, and and uh, I was so overwhelmed, you know. But like I said, we set the bar so high on our first competition. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people never even get a chance to, uh, you know, to do that. Uh, KCBS reps were uh, they were just flabbergasted, you know, because it was my first competition. So they sat down with me uh, when we first when we first got to, to the site and went over some stuff and made sure I knew and. Uh, They come up and they were just like, wow, you know, uh, like, so, uh, then then we competed in Winnipeg and we placed eighth out of 25 teams, Mm -hmm. which was, you know, you know, good again. Right.
0: Yeah. Now that's awesome. Um, what was it like? Okay. So barbecuing in your backyard and barbecuing in, in, in a competition, there must be a lot of differences. Like there's gotta be some sort of protocol when you're going to these competitions all the time. Right. So what was that like to learn the first time when you were just going in and they're explaining things to you?
2: Well the, well, the first competition, uh, you know, we set up, uh, you know, we got a very elaborate setup now. But for so our first competition, just, just learning timelines, and everything is on a timeline. So, like, chicken gets turned in at, at, at noon, ribs at 1230, pork at 1, brisket at 130. So you got to time your cook. Uh, you start cooking the night before about 10 o'clock mm-hmm. uh, for your brisket and, and pork butt. So everything's timed it gets very hectic in, in, in the morning because you're, you're putting on ribs and while, while you're trying to wrap ribs, you're trying to get chicken on and you're trying to sauce ribs and chicken's got to come off and go into the box. And you know, there's about four hours in the morning. And it's just crunch time. It's just, it's crazy. Uh, you know, we've got a really good timeline set down now, but the first competition, I, I was a basket case. I was a mess. I was, you know, your mind's playing a million, uh, scenarios, uh, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's very stressful. It's a very stressful event.
0: Right. So like many things I've put on events and yeah, they're super stressful. You know, at the time you're thinking, why did I do this? Especially beforehand. And then it's over. You get your awards. You did really well. And then you're probably thinking, okay, well, when's the next one, right?
2: Oh, oh, for sure. I was, I was looking on the Uh, (laughs) sites. You know, I went through that first one and, and we did what we did. And then we, we, we went, I went onto the KCBS site and I was already planning my next cook. So I, I was hooked since then. And just the, just to to see that we're, we're there, there to compete on that level. Yeah, so we you... started looking down South, uh, into South Dakota, Minnesota. Uh, and we, and we actually did, we, uh, w- the following year we ended up uh, taking our, 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 barbecue across the, the border
3: mm-hmm.
2: and, uh, you know but we we just waited we did two the first year uh, we Winnipeg barbecue and blues. it was at the the goldeye Stadium. Uh, that's where in August, and those are the only two we've done that that first year, right so uh, i i wish I wish Canada would have a lot more closer mm-hmm. you know, in, in Manitoba and right. Ontario. Yep. I wish I wish we could grow barbecue in Manitoba, but you
0: know. I guess you, yeah, right now you just gotta go where the competition is, right.
2: Yeah, we just we just go. We we set a schedule like last year. I think we did six, uh, you know, between uh, uh, you know Minnesota, uh, South Dakota, and Saskatchewan and Alberta and Manitoba. So oh. so we did we did a little bit of traveling last year. So it's uh, you know it, it, I, I I wish any everybody would just come out and experience it. Like I'd, I'd open up my team just to have somebody come along and cook with me. Really? You know, that oh yeah, for sure I, I would I would take somebody with me. And uh you know, just take them on a cook if they're if they were willing, you know, looking to get over that threshold of, you know, like I was in the backyard, you know, dabbling in it and mm-hmm. putting on a pork butt and trying a brisket, uh you know, I I would I, yeah, I would definitely take them with me over over the weekend and 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 compete with them and just show them, okay, this is this is what we do. Cuz this is what people done for me. And I want to give back into this barbecue world. Like it's just, you know, barbecue has become my life and, and it's just, we just love it. You know, we love, we love making people happy. We, we love teaching people. Like I teach people every day through internet, Facebook on, on how to cook stuff and, and internal temperatures and. You know, so it's it's it, it, you know it's it's a passion of ours, and that's and that's why we we're so strong in that. It's just a, it's become a passion, you know.
0: Okay, so let's talk about uh, Big Smoke Barbecue. I can't believe you even have time to to actually cater or run a restaurant. So um, besides competing in barbecue uh, barbecue competitions, you uh, you cater. You have a barbecue catering company and you have a restaurant. So um, which came first?
2: Uh, the, the catering come first, uh, it all, well, it basically all come at once. Last year we, we decided, uh, uh, a friend of mine was selling his, his vending trailer and we, uh, my wife actually, we worked the vending trailer a few times with him last year.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, we said like, she just seen that I was in a happy place and said, let's buy it.
0: Now, when was the last time your wife told you just to go and buy something? Not in my house. More with Robert Turner and Big Smoke Barbecue after a short recess. The evolution of Big Smoke Barbecue Company is what we're talking about currently. I'm talking with owner Robert Turner who not only runs a successful barbecue catering company but competes around North America with his wife Bridget and his son Nicholas.
2: So we bought the vending trailer. We finally got it into our possession uh, you know, in September. and mm-hmm. So then we started doing uh, some catering because now it's a licensed commercial kitchen in my driveway and and uh, it had a smoker on it and... Well, we got asked to do these big jobs, and I was like, "Well, how are we going to do this?" So, we we ended up taking them on, and we ended up buying a bigger barbecue. Uh, you know, we bought a fast Eddie five hundred. It'll do five hundred pounds of meat. So we bought that. Uh, you know, it just it all come at once. Uh, so then we ended up with like fourteen or fifteen weddings this summer. Uh, we got events every weekend. Uh, I, I knew this restaurant in Grunthal was for lease, and I looked at it in September, and, and I just decided, I said, well, you know, that's a big plunge. And so we, we needed a kitchen, so I started looking for a commercial kitchen, and we ended up taking, taking on this, uh, this restaurant in Grunthal as a commercial kitchen. So, like,
0: so th- th- does my, that commercial kitchen only, like services you only or do, does it service other businesses too?
2: Uh no, just, just me. It's right. uh yeah, it's a hundred percent big smoke barbecue. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that, that meant we, now we can take on bigger, bigger events. And, uh, so now we ended up going into a few big events where, you know, cause now I got a walk-in freezer and a walk-in cooler.
0: Yeah. Which must um, be nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I can sit on product, right. I can order up and get the best deal I can on, on, uh, you know. A thousand or fifteen hundred pounds of pork, you know, which we just ordered for this weekend coming up. <laughs> uh, you know, like it's uh, so. So then we got bugged. We got bugged about opening the restaurant, yep. so we started pre pre selling, like rib nights and 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 uh, you know brisket nights and stuff like that. And
0: so you were intentionally like. The intention of getting the restaurant was basically to service your 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 business, like service your competitions and your catering kind of stuff. But then people wanted to come in and, and sit down and eat.
2: Yeah, that's basically what it was. We were gonna open up just a little storefront with some barbecue supplies and stuff and uh the second we put a the second we put a sign up on the building, everybody was like, Well, when are you gonna open? <laughs> so we'd originally only leased the kitchen and half of the seating area. Yeah. So so we went back to the realtor and I said like, Hey, you know what, maybe we, how much to you know, lease the whole seating area. And, uh, so, so, you know, we got a price on that. And, uh, so then we just started pre-selling rib nights and, and, uh, you know, we'd advertise for two weeks that we'd do it. And I think our first rib night, we, uh, 165 people come out for ribs and, uh, pork.
0: So, nice. Wow.
2: That yeah, was a good night. Yeah.
0: yeah that's awesome.
2: So it's uh you know, it's a little out of the way. It's uh you know, we're in Gruntal, Manitoba, sixty nine Main Street Gruntal. Yeah. Um but uh but it works, you know, like we, we try to open up as much as we can, but our, our schedules are so hectic with uh, the big events and catering our catering and, and competition. It's uh it's hard to get to it. Right. Uh so it, it will never be open full time. Uh, uh you know, we're gonna try to shoot for three days a week eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will, you know, we won't put out, uh, we won't just put anybody in there to help cook because we want to, you know, we want to give everybody superior product on what we put out on a, on a, on a day to day. Right.
0: Yeah. It's gotta be done right. So,
2: you know, in a, any restaurant industry, one bad review can hurt your business or, you know what I mean? Like, so we want consistent product. We're working with a few guys. We're training them now to cook mm-hmm. and, uh. It's going to be good. It's it's you know the town of Grunthal will and you know they do enjoy it. You know we get a lot of people for lunch. We get a lot of phone calls when we're not open, wishing we we're open. Um, we moved into Steinbach now with our vending trailer, so we vend in Steinbach two days a week.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's good.
2: So, yeah.
0: All right. So maybe we can tell people what kind of events you cater, you know, and how people can can get a hold of you, um, yeah. so so they can book a catering or talk to you about it.
2: Uh, yeah, we've got a website, uh, you know, it's bigsmokebarbecue.ca, uh, you know, for all the uh, weddings, um, you know, catering events. Uh, we do anything from, from private parties uh, in your yard to, uh, you know, weddings or, or corporate parties, uh, luncheons, drop-offs. Uh, we can cook on-site, um, you know, any any pit I have is mobile uh you know it, it's you know we don't we don't look at uh the size of the party uh you know it's you know anybody wants to eat barbecue we're willing to uh you know just it is what it is right mm-hmm. you know it's uh you know if you start picking and choosing your jobs um well you, you know like we we did a small job and it ended up to be a big job so right you know and uh and that's and that's how you have to do it it's, uh but you know, weddings—we got we got crew and staff at every wedding we do. Uh, we don't just drop off food or, or go there un, unstaffed. Uh, you know, it's 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 a little out of touch.
0: Like you, you um, have serving staff.
2: Uh, we we bring staff with us, yes, to keep stuff moving, and uh, yeah. we have serving staff. We can do a fully plated uh, seated service. Nice. Uh, with uh, you know, we can we can carve you know and we and we don't just do barbecue we can do prime rib we can do you know uh you know any kind of pit beef uh you know if you wanted to have a carving station or mm-hmm. or any any anything like you know we lobster prime rib uh you know uh just we have a very you know elaborate people in, that work with us that we that we can you know we can do pretty much do anything right
0: yeah you've come a long way in such a short time hey
2: yeah, it's it's very overwhelmed like you know like I said we just bought the trailer and and we figured we'd do a little bit of catering and stuff and vending and and uh, uh you know it, it just it it went to it went to what we are now and and we're enjoying this you know like like it's it's you know like like last night at a wedding uh, the the people in the line were talking about yeah we got to go up to Gruntall man this you know some barbecue place opened up there <laughs> You know, and, and like it <laughs> is not awesome. me, but you know, it was nice that uh, hearing people talk about this. Right? For sure.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, um I know. Well, obviously we, we got connected through, uh, through, through Torque Brewing. Um, and I, I know you guys kind of have, have something in the works. So I'm hoping that, uh, comes through cause that'll be, um, that'll be a great event, right?
2: Yeah, for sure. We're, uh, I'm working, I'm working close with the, the guys at Torque there to put my vending trailer there on a, on a nightly, uh, not not nightly, but on you know, a Friday or Saturday when when we can. I think we're booked in uh, June. I'm pretty sure it's June something. Uh, I think the 14th of June we're there.
0: Really? Are you really? No, not
2: June. Not June. July. So
0: July. It, okay. Yeah. I got to. I yeah. got to make sure I know when you guys are there.
2: Yeah. So it's. Uh, yeah. It'll be mid July, and uh, uh, yeah, we're gonna start doing that uh, once once our summer slows down. We're gonna be there on a weekly. Um, and we're also I'm working with torque on a little bit of uh cooking demonstrations there
0: so yes john told me um, that also that's great
2: yeah we're going to put together uh we're trying to put together a little bit of a cook school uh for them uh, like a beef class uh you know show guys different ways to cook steak or prime rib and and different appetizers and uh yeah it'll be it'll be a good night for sure you know beer and beer and beef you know it's it, it doesn't get any better than that
0: <laughs> it's the only story of my life it's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's awesome. Um, I appreciate you taking the time, Robert.
2: All right, man. I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: All right. We'll talk soon, okay?
2: Yeah, you bet. Have a great day.
0: All right, you too. Thank you for listening to The Main Ingredient here on 680 CJOB today. Thanks to my guests, Leanne Funk from the Winnipeg Supper Club. And if you want to see if there are tickets left for the fundraising dinner for Brittany Lundberg, just email dinner at sydneys at outlook.com. And thanks to Robert Turner from Big Smoke Barbecue. I'll see you next week or maybe talk to you next week here on 680 CJOB.
3: This is 680 CJOB.